Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Erin Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast, my podcast about immigrants and immigration and everything in between. Thank you for listening and downloading the show, and thank you for supporting my dad. Happy New Year to those who celebrated New Year. I wish 2022 is a better year for all of us than the previous years. For those who celebrated New Year, did you celebrate it with your family and friends? I hope so. I hope you had fun, and I hope you enjoyed it too. As for me, I celebrated with my own family physically and with my extended family electronically. It's because the Quebec government decided to put us again on lockdown as the COVID cases are apparently rising again. It's not an ideal way to celebrate. It wasn't as good as in person, but it was better than nothing, you know? Speaking of COVID cases, I don't know if you noticed on the recent episodes, but my voice was a little hoarse, and you will hear it on this pre-recorded conversation with this week's guest as well. See, the thing is, I got infected by the COVID-19 virus last December. Thankfully, it's a mild case. However, it was still a ride and a half, especially after the effects, which I still suffer from to this day, but I'm getting better, so praise God, thankfully. I actually wanted to do a solo cast episode about about my COVID experience, but I'm not sure if you'd be interested with that, so how about this? Let's take a poll, send me what you think by contacting me on all the social media, at An Immigrant's Life. And if plenty of you say you want to hear about my experience, then I'll do a solo cast about it. Deal? Enough about my sub story. Now, let's talk about the episode. This week's episode is pretty special since this week's guest is the brother of a previous guest. When I first invited him to come on the podcast, he was very reluctant. But with a little bit of persistence, he agreed and thank God he did. Because we had such a great conversation about one of my favorite topics. You want to know what that is? Well, I guess you'll just have to find out. So, without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Today's guest is a social media support coordinator that looks like Kevin Love but plays like Andrea Bargnani. From South Italy, wearing jersey number 25, everyone please welcome... Emanuele Rotondi. What's up, everyone? Um, thank you so much for having me here. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Of course. Before we start, do you want anything uh, to promote? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, just like my brother did on the last episode, um, you know, we started a social media page called The Overseas Dream. Um, you know, just like you do with this podcast, we promote uh, a lot of experiences that people have when they move to a different country. But uh, we do a lot of more than just that. Uh, we try to obviously give each other's like support. Uh, we pretty much created a community uh, be- between our, our Twitter, our Instagram, and our TikToks where people can talk about their experience, can give advices, um, and just to laugh about it. You know, like uh, one of the things uh, our followers like the most is, is our, our memes, uh, things that we can joke about. Uh, because it's a lot of times it's very relatable, you know, um, like one of our memes, one of my favorite memes was like, you know, how is living abroad? Like sometimes it can be good, sometimes it can be shit. Oh, yeah, it's I love pretty, that one. <laughs> pretty straightforward and, you know, people loved it. And it's just uh, like how I like to describe um, our page, The Overseas Dream. You know, it's mm. um, it, it's something we started about six, seven months ago. And uh, we really look forward for the next upcoming project that we have going on so uh, definitely great opportunity to promote the page in here yeah awesome man. i mean one of my favorite pages to follow appreciate it yeah because it's funny like you said i love that uh, that meme that month sometimes very good sometimes shit sometimes shit man <laughs> yeah and i even stole one of your posts when i used for your brother's uh, episode the the one the monster ink one you're know, singing when you sing about uh yeah your, your own language if prefer you feel it in your soul yeah that that was like also one of the people really liked because you know like sometimes you go to one of those like bars or like rush even restaurants and like mm-hmm. they'd be playing like 
it might be a Russians like you know owned by somebody from your country and they just play these random songs that you just can't help but sing it. That happened to me in New York. Uh, a lot of the things, a lot of the memes that we make, it's something that uh, actually that happened to me or to my brother. Uh-huh. And we just converted into a meme and they just find that a lot happens to a lot of people. Um, That's awesome. Who created the memes? Uh, I, I plan, I tried to plan most of the memes. Um, I, because as you probably saw, like, I probably don't want to spend too much time on social media. My brother, like, gets, can be a little, gets a little busy with work. Mm. Um, but also he's, he mainly focused on the TikTok. So he's the one who usually comes up with the TikTok. We split our work in between also because I hate recording myself. I, this is like the most I've ever done. Uh, I never even took a video of myself like talking on social media. So, um, definitely the TikTok part was definitely his and the Instagram part, like the posting, I take care of that. Yeah. We're pretty much the same people. I, as you know, I, you won't see me a video of me on, on my exactly. account, you know, it's mostly just sometimes I post a picture. It's just picture, you know, but I, I'm not, I don't know. I am not that kind of person, but for the listeners, by the way, his brother is a Eugenio. He's a guest a few weeks ago and it was pretty awesome. So I bugged Emanuele. If, can I call him Manny? Of course. Um, and then again, like, you know, the, one of the reasons why I came in this podcast as well is because you kind of came out of your shell for our spotlight. So I had to return the favor. Uh, you know, meant a lot for us. Oh, man. No. I had to make sure I had to make sure I put that. I said that into the podcast as well. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, hey, I'm here to help as much as I can, you know. That's what we're trying to do here, you know. Appreciate it. I mean, that's the same from our, you know, like we, we don't beg anyone like coming to our spotlight. A lot of the times that they ask us to be in it, and that, that means so much to us because, mm. like, we we know we don't have a lot of followers. We know, like, we're just starting out, but you know, you had to start somewhere. And mm-hmm. we what we want to do, like, we we want to share their stories. We want to support each other because you know, there's people that are still going through this process. People that are just starting out. You know, I'm nine years in. My brother is eight years in. So we we are li- we have a little bit of experience and. That was one of the main motivation why we decided to start this. So supporting each other is like, well, you know, my parents always says like, be nice is free. You know, like it doesn't cost us a penny. So um, it's the right thing to do, you know, at least for us. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about the um, overseas dream later and everything else. But for now, we want to focus on you, Emanuele or Manny. Obviously, you were fr- you grew up in Montesarcio. So how was it to grow up in Montesarcio? Uh it was tough at times because uh you know Montesarcio, um, my brother calls it a village because we have fifteen thousand people, hmm. but it feels like one block because everybody knows each other. You you grow up with the, the same people, uh, you know, like even me and my brother growing up, like we we kind of had the same group of friends. So a lot of times we would go out together because we're so <laughs> we're so very close in age. Um, so that can feel really claustrophobic. It feel it did feel for me because you know when something happened, like everybody finds out, everybody knows, and you get those looks. And um, so that was the one side. The other side, it was great because you know it was such a slow pace. You know everything you get to enjoy um, the little things that mm-hmm. I feel like <laughs> I haven't really done much in ever since I've been in New York. Um, and um, you know, just in general, like just little things, you know, it's a little small town in Southern Italy. So a lot of things are very much taboo or, you know, if they're now part of the ordinary, people will judge it. You know, when I, for example, like I used to play basketball, like growing up and everybody, every kid to my age would play soccer. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, like you would be a perfect goalkeeper, you know, 6'2", like why don't you play as a goalkeeper? Like, and it's I'm doing like soccer. I mean, I love watching soccer, huge Napoli fan. But playing it, like, I play for fun. Like, I never thought, like, I could play it. And I never liked it at the time. I, I loved basketball. Like, you know, Space Jam was my favorite movie. Like, you know, uh, Manu Ginobili was one of my favorite players watching growing up. Um, and I wanted to play basketball. I wanted to, you know, like, I always wanted to pursue maybe a career with it. Um, so I've been playing it since I was five. And mm. um, so it's been a lot of ups and downs, for sure. Yeah. So... Who introduced you to basketball? 
Michael Jordan with uh, the Space Jam. <laughs> My mom, uh, she brought a, a VHS tape of um, Space Jam. Hmm. And I think like, for the first like six months, I played it every night. Like I'll play in my bedroom and then I, I, she bought me a little a basketball. So I will play it and try to emulate his moves. Like I was obsessed with that. Really? Movie. Yeah. And, and there was a league in your town? Um, yes and no. So like we didn't have like basketball was not a thing in my town growing up. You know, no one watched basketball. No one cared about basketball. Uh, hmm. and there was another small town about 10 minutes drive from us. Yeah. So my mom would drive my mom and dad like they would drive me there or my grandparents like they would have to drive me there you can walk you could i could walk to practice there was no one by it so uh you know it went a lot for me because also like they are they understood my passion they wouldn't just shut it off like some parents would do um and it gave me the opportunity to discover more about the game you know like meeting other people that uh they were kind of going through the same thing. They, you know, they, they didn't want to play soccer. They wanted to play basketball. And mm -hmm. it was just great. What did basketball offer is that football didn't offer you? Um, I think just, I just enjoy it better. You know, like, I I guess, like, I mean, I didn't see myself, like, kicking a ball. Like, I really like the fact that, like, you know, I could shoot a touch with my hand. Mm. Um, um, And just, like, I know I always, I always wanted to dunk. I always thought like dunking, dunking was so cool, like dunking the basketball. Mm. Uh, when I saw Michael Jordan do it, obviously, like I was like, I mean, I want to do that. And can you dunk? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I, I did a few few times in my life I was able to do it, but I never had that, like what they call in New York, I never had hopes like to like jump as high oh, that I yeah. could do on a regular basis. You know, oh, like I know. A lot, of, a lot of kids here make it look very easily. Unfortunately, um, I was one of them. I, the few times I feel like I was on top of the wall when I was like, I finally dunked the basketball. Mm. Uh, and I was like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that was it. My back is shot. <laughs> what position did you play? Um, so because I was very tall in my town, I always play a center. Mm. But then growing up, you know, I stopped growing around like freshman year of high school and all the kids obviously keep growing. So, like, obviously, guarding seven feet tall kids wasn't as easy. So, I moved more into a small forward position. Okay. Um, but most of my life, when I was a kid, I was a center. But I, was, I was always the biggest kid or the oh, tallest kid. Awesome. I play basketball, too. It's my sport. I mean, it's very it's very big in the Philippines. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, in Brazil, it's football. In the Philippines, basketball. Yeah. Um, that was, was actually one of the things me and... Um, my my partner, like her parents are originally from the Philippines. Oh, okay. And they moved to New York about 20, 30 years ago. And mm -hmm. me and her dad is one of the things we bond the most about because he's he's a huge like but he's like I will tell him about one player in the Filipino league. He will tell me all his stats if you play in the <laughs> NBA. Like he's he's like he's a big basketball fan. That's awesome, man. Yeah, we love basketball, man. It's the only thing that we pretty much play. There's, I mean, obviously, we used to play in baseball and softball, the football, but man, basketball is pretty big as well. But, yeah, but it's basketball in the end. Yeah, of course, basketball is huge in the you know. I, uh, I, I'm trying like Filipino culture in general. Like over the, over the, um, you know, I've been with my partner for about for, for five years now, hmm. a little bit more, five and a half, um, and. Uh, because I'm by myself here, like I've been around her family a lot, you know, I pretty much like I, they treat me as a part of their family and I'm learning a lot, like, you know, um, about their traditions, mm -hmm. about like, you know, their, their food. I mean, I love, I love like lumpia. It's like, I know there's like <laughs> the most simplest, like Filipino food, but lumpia is like, like my favorite, like her yeah, mom yeah. makes amazing lumpia. Like, mm, by the way, for the people that's listening, lumpia it's like Shanghai roll, pretty much, but, but better. But exactly, way better, way <laughs> way better. I think Jokoi has a joke about it. The comedian Jokoi that's saying like, you yeah, know, Shanghai roll's good, but Lumpia's the shit, man. Yes, yeah. Stay he's, a big, he's a big foodie. He's a big foodie. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So, did you go to college in Italy or only high school? So, um, <clears throat> what I did was when I was. Uh, my second year in high school, uh, I wanted to take basketball a little more serious. Mm. So, but I, my parents didn't want me to give up on on school. That's like that, that was non-negotiable for them. 
So I had to find something that would accommodate both. Mm. And I found this team in a city called Prato, which is like, which is like uh, 30 minutes from Florence. Mm. But it's like 10 minutes train, like, right. Um, and they had like kind of a, a high school college where like kids will like sleep there, go to school there. And then in the afternoon, I'll go to practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was 16 at the time. Uh, but I was like, I want to do it. You know, like I, I, I feel like <clears throat> it's the right time for me to like live on my own. I thought I, had, I, thought I knew so much. Like when I was like 16, it was 12 years ago. Um, so I played basketball there for uh, one year. And then I went to another team still in the same area in region. I went mm-hmm. to another city called Empoli. <clears throat> play basketball there um i want to say it was pro because obviously i was going to school and i was still like i had to buy my own things uh and i practiced with the team and going to the games uh so it was pretty much my main focus um then i pretty much i was playing the version of varsity that us has so i did that up until my senior high school um where you know i was playing with teams in rome teams teams in other city in, in, in Italy, which was a great experience. Hmm. Uh, but then, then again, like, you know, I graduated high school. I didn't want to go to college in Italy. I did not want to go to university. I didn't want to go to university at all. Uh, but I still wanted to try to play basketball. So I practiced, I did a lot of practice on my own. I, I, you know, I was going to the gym, the, the swimming, like to keep my freezing and then, you know, go shoot the basketball on my own, do tr- drills. Uh, and then my, one of my biggest dreams, especially because of Space Jam was like, and the NBA was like, I, I wanted to live in the US. Mm. It wasn't even like, I want to play in the NBA because at the time I already knew that that was probably very hard because a lot of kids on my age were already doing a lot of more things than me. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I really want, I want to live in the US. That was like my biggest dream. And I, I, I find a way to like put together, you know, like, I found a community college upstate New York mm-hmm. um, in a, a city called Lock Sheldrick, which is about three hours from New York City. Mm-hmm. And I submit my I submit my uh, my tape, and they sent me there for a tryout. But that was like that was like you know, we can't give you like because it's a JUCO, which is like a junior college. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't give you like uh, they can give you academic scholarship. They can help you out in that sense, uh, but you're not going to be on the team right away. So I went there, I, I try out. And then the coach, like pretty much the coach left, a new one came. Um, and he didn't, he didn't like me at all. So oh, uh, he pretty much, pretty much got cut. Uh, and there was like the time for me, I was like, you know, I've been playing basketball for, for like 15 years at the time. I was 20 years old. I moved across the country. I was like, I'm not going back. I was like, you know, as much as basketball was my dream, and like, yes, like I'm not, it's not going to be my profession. I'm not going to play basketball. Like I, I can't, I, I can't give up now. I can't just do that. And like, you know, put myself in a corner, you know, like I, I gave myself a day to be depressed. Then I was like, I right, get up. And, you know, I, I you know I keep my scholarship. I got a job that will pay my room and board uh, as a resident assistant. Uh, and then I, I, you know, I, I went from I got from I graduated from a community college and then I went to a four year um, in New York City in Queens uh, St John's University that's where I also met my partner um, and you know I, everything like just clicked from there you know like I I knew I wanted to stay in the US I wanted to have a life here uh, but I knew I had to work two three four five times as hard as people were from here uh, because not anything was given uh, you know the US very expensive country. Uh, but just you by yourself, you know, no one's going to watch your, watch your six. Um, mm. I was, I was lucky enough that for like, for like a good, a good four or five years, I had my brother in the U S as well. And we were helping each other, but we were going through the same process together. You know, there were mm. still times, as you say, um, in the, in the episode where he was, where he was like, there was things that, you know, I was lucky and I, I had to ask for help. Like that was the same for me. Like we couldn't ask each other's help because. We didn't know how to file <laughs> an uh, an I-20, a W-4, uh, you know, file for applying for scholarships, things like that. Like, we were both both came from the same town, you know. It's mm-hmm. things we had to figure out on our own. And, and that was fine. You know, you can rely on – you can 
you can always rely on someone else as well. So I think it was a good balance for a while where we will help each other, but we also we had to figure out our own stuff. That's awesome, man. Yeah. You said that you move into a small town. How do you think immigrating to a small town helped with your adjustment to American life? Uh, it did not. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, it was it was completely different. I think, I mean, because I also went from from uh, a small town to a city like New York City where like 8 billion people, like 8 million people, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, big city, you never meet the same person twice. Everything is so fast-paced. You know, like, you, you got to go here, then you get there. And like where in Italy, like, you know, like you wake up at certain times, you know, like the pace is very slow. Um, and I, I think I think I was very used to that life. I think what helped me the most about like my life in the US was my life in Florence. Like the, the two years that I spent in Florence were like I had a schedule, you know, waking up at six, practice, school, going practice. Like that schedule helped me more adjust to the New York life because it made me disciplined about uh, about how I had to adjust my day. I feel like if I stay in my small town and then I came to New York, then it would have been a bigger culture shock that I already had. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and I've seen people like that. We met people from Italy that came from other small towns and, and they couldn't do it. They went, they went back to their towns because it's very expensive. It's very fast-paced and it's hard. It's, it's a hard, hard life. You know, like in a small town, you go out on the weekends, you go see people. There's a lot of weekends. I was in the library studying. I couldn't go out because I couldn't even eat a lot of weekends. So I let alone, let alone like going out, like that was never an option. So um, it's, it, it was different. And, and you had to know what you were sacrificing. And I, I wouldn't have known that if I just stayed in my town. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. How was your English then? I none zero. I, I didn't know I speak English when I first came to the US. Oh yeah? Yeah, I um at least like I'm gonna joke about this. Like at least my brother, like he he tried to study the grammar. Mm-hmm. I just like I was I was just wing it. I it couldn't be that hard. <laughs> it was the longest six months of my life. I couldn't talk to anyone. I had to point at things to get my point across. Like you probably see people talking shit about you in front of you, or like you couldn't say shit because you couldn't understand. You know, like you just smile. All, yeah, you just smile and nod. You know, um, but that was also you know something that now I can talk about. Now I can laugh about it, but definitely not something you could laugh about back then. Yeah, it was rough, for sure. I mean, I like this idea that somebody mentioned to me, like. That let's say a good example is you, right? You're the Italian Manny, and then the American Manny. They are completely different people, but they're almost the same. Yeah. What do you think of that? Um, I mean, it's funny because I also that was also a meme in our page where like we put the guy from Split, and the meme was like when people say that you act different in your new country. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't me. That was that was Patricia. <laughs> the <guy. laughs> like. That's true. Like you, you build a whole new character, and but that's the great thing about moving abroad. You know, you re, you kind of reinvent yourself. You mm-hmm. see things that you you want to improve, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, like you know, you know, saying like you're you're making a fake life for yourself. It is your life. This is this is your new life, and this is you decide how you want to live your new life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was, I I came to New York, and you know, I, I be, the one thing like I I very proud of myself is like I became a lot more open-minded there's so many new cultures in new york there's so many cult, um, like ethnicity new new types of food like i like i'm so ashamed to say like i never even had any asian food before i came to the u.s like i never had chinese food uh thai viet filipino like any of that and then i had all of them in new york like now like it's a, like a weekly thing like <laughs> we had thai like last week and we have Filipino for Thanksgiving, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it's a no, it, not it's a no, but it's not like little things are there, like the old Jew, like or the people, the one from back home, like will never had it, you know. So I think it's it's very it's it's a very true thing, and but it's not a wrong one. I think I think it's it's something that you know you a lot of times that like, you you learn and you know, you're still growing, so that's totally normal. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, and the it's not a problem, but it's a challenge that let's say you go back home, me see your friends, start start chilling with them, and then they'll be like, "You're different. There's something different about you." Yeah, I moved. I grew up. <laughs> exactly. Join, join know, me. <laughs> join me. Let's do something else. Do something cool. Which is, I find it hard. I find it, yeah, a bit hard that when you come back home and you'll be like, hey, guys, what's up? And then you feel like they're not involving you as much. Did you feel that? Um. Yes and no. I mean, I, you know, you know, like the one thing you probably like know this to me is like, I'm a very simple guy, like, you know, I'm, I, so it's, it's like a lot, it's either this way or that way, not, there's no in between, you know, mm-hmm. it's, life is too short, like, I, I want to, I, I live my life, I want it, um, so with my friends back home, like, you know, I knew them for like 20 years, you know, I knew them for most of my, more than half of my life, huh. so a lot of times when we go home, we don't skip a beat, I talk to them still when I'm in New York. But they also understand that things are different now, you know, like, and it's not like just you know, because I live abroad, but it's just, it's a different thing. You know, when, when we first knew each other, it's like, we were, we were like, we were like kids, you know, like mm-hmm. we, we didn't have a job, like we would just spend the afternoon, like going play soccer at the park, like going out, like now, Chasing like, girls. You know, <laughs> yeah, now like, <laughs> you, you have, you have a, I have a job, like I pay my own taxes, like, um, mm. uh, I I have my own expenses that to my hair gray, like you know, like things like things like that. Like a lot of times, it does. I don't identify that with my friends back home because my friends like back home have a different pace of like how they're growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, some of them and not in the negative things, but it's just a different thing. You know, like you know, they they like they obviously like some of them still live with their parents. Some of them are still in school because they, they take their time trying to figure out what they want to do. And that's mm-hmm. fine, but they know that it's not me and they're never going to win or no, even have an argument with me on that mm-hmm. because there's nothing to argue about. It's just the way I see the world and, and it's completely different. It's just the way of respecting it. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, we have debates about other things, you know, like, um, but when it comes to these things, it's just non-negotiable for me. Like if, if you can't take, if you can't take me this way, then we just might as well just not be friends. I mean, yeah, be more straightforward with that. Yeah, that, most definitely. I, I I like that uh, perspective. So you mentioned that you went to St. John to become a Red Storm. Is it because you love basketball? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, for me, like because I went up, I lived upstate New York. Um, for community college, I wanted to try the city life, hmm. and I was also a sports management major in in college. So hmm. I think the best way for me to combine my love for sports and also like you know see a competitive team was St. John's because it was either like going to St. John's or going to Syracuse but Syracuse was not in the city mm. and I was not gonna go further like further than I was you're pretty much in the border with Canada where you are yeah, yeah. so and it, it gets cold you know like it gets cold I've been to Montreal it gets cold it, gets, it is not Montreal cold but it gets cold upstate New York and I didn't want to do that and I wanted to try the city. That was my biggest thing. Uh, also, my brother was there. I wanted to. We wanted to move in together and live together mm-hmm. um, to help each other, like you know, in any sort of way. Uh, so St. John's is definitely the best fit. Uh, you know, I've had the, some of the best years of my life. Met besides, like not just my partner, but I met some of my closest friends that I still see every day. I talk to every day. That's been an experience that it doesn't really match with a lot of experience that I had. That's amazing. Let's swerve a little bit. I want to ask you something. Do you have an opinion with Italian men stereotypes? Um, I hate when it's enhanced the way that the Americans do. <laughs> like, uh, what do I say this? Like, we don't sound like too corny, but so for example, like there's a lot of people like now, like on TikTok that you know, make these stage videos of them like reacting with the cross or like with the with the hand about people breaking the spaghetti, like like and I get it with the channel, you know, like everybody's on their business, like it's not my my role to judge, you know, we mm-hmm. do. But it's just like why would you why would you like encourage this stereotype to me? You know, mm-hmm. like 
you know, like, I, I mean, I, I don't know if you, if you saw the same with like, you know, uh, you know, people in the Philippines and TikTok, but like for me, just like, it, it, it's also like in the US, especially like things like, I always make sure to say that like a person from Italy, it's not the same of a little American. Because, you know, growing up, being in Italian family, but growing up in a different country, you get your own tradition, and that's fine. But that doesn't make you, like, embrace the Italian stereotype. That's the Italian-American one. I think I can go on for hours on that topic, but I think, I think like, there's some – obviously, some stereotypes can be true, but I don't think it's also fair to emphasize or encourage them because – I don't like putting everybody in a box. And that's with every culture, every race, everything. Like, I, I, I think it's never fair to put one person in one box. Yeah. You put up a question saying, like, oh, why would someone do that? Don't. Obviously, the easiest thing is, like, they're trying to get the views. They're trying to get the clicks. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, again, I'm not here to judge. You do what you do. But I just wish there was a different way, you know? Like, um, like, like for me, like, Again, like, okay, maybe you want to embrace the stereotype, you joke about it. You know, like, people have different sense of comedy. You know, again, like, for example, Joy Coy, like, a lot of people in the Philippines don't like him. And that's that's fine, because people will like you, people will hate you. It's, it's just the way the world goes. Mm -hmm. For me, like, it's when you they got to fake the accent. Like, and that's in everyone. Like, I've seen, <laughs> like, I've seen, like, Filipino, like, TikToker. I've seen, uh, I've seen, like, Greek TikTokers that, like, they gotta emphasize, make these fake accents, like that you don't speak English properly, like, and it's just like, it kind of like mocking people that like have that accent and like are trying to get their point across and make, they've been laughed at. And I, I personally have a problem with that. That's just my opinion. It's my two cents. Uh, honestly, like you can, you can give a shit about it. You don't like, it's obviously just my opinion. Yeah, of course. Again, like I said, it's, it's for the click and, Say let's like like me. I speak fluent Filipino or Tagalog, right? So when I see a video like that of people trying to make fun of the accent, I even I know, I know a Filipino will not construct a sentence that way. That is an English thinking person translating it to Filipino. You know what I mean? So that's when I know, like, okay, that's not that's a Filipino would not say that. It wouldn't make sense. But but even there, like for me, so it's more like. It's more like you know people are actually struggling like with having with an accent like be be make fun of or mm -hmm. you know that's just an accent but like but like if you don't speak like that well, what would you emphasize why would you embrace that mm -hmm. that side you know like I don't know I I agree I are you this can be a whole episode just about this obviously like it's, it's I can <laughs> see your the fire in your eyes is just like glowing no I mean it, it more like you know like a lot of the great thing about the US, like a lot of people embrace the immigrant. Mm. The shitty thing about the US, a lot of people like, you know, make fun of them or despite them. And that's like, the one side I will never agree with the US. And one of the reasons why I also want to study like the pages is because like diversity, like immigration, like experts, like, you know, like difference mm. is, is good. Like it's it's something we should embrace, not something we should make fun of or like and these people should not be encouraged. Uh, definitely other, yeah you know like this is the way i see it are you conscious of your accent like does it bother you uh i think i think i learned how to live with it i used to be a lot more self-conscious i used to hate when people like repeat repeat what i say like with my accent like it's like i accept the shit out of you but i mm. think now like i'm okay with it i just i know it is it, it makes you who i am you know like yeah, hells yeah that's your spice you know, yeah, that's that's my that's my soul. So I, I think I'm okay with it. Um, and then I also like I just find you asking that because, for example, my mom like when I talk to them now in Italian, like she keeps saying that I lost my accent, my Italian <laughs> accent. So it's just like, which one is it, woman? Like, which is people? Like, let's let's all get together. Like, mm. like, uh, do I have an accent or like do I lose mine? Like, let's get together and decide. No, nah. um, it's my person. Yeah, it's about perspective. That's why I live with it. Because to be honest, like you, you can't put too much weight on people's opinion. You just gotta be. You just gotta do you. Exactly. But like I think I told this story before. I'm telling it again. Like when I moved here, 
I speak decent English, I'll say. Okay. And I didn't speak for a long time because I wanted to learn how Canadians speak, how the cadence of the English, right? So I didn't speak for like a long time, maybe let's say three months or so, you know? Oh, wow. And then they finally, fi- and then I finally figured out like how they speak and they started speaking that way, like quote unquote Canadian, right? And most of my friends, they're from the Caribbeans, right? So when I started talking to them like quote unquote Canadian, they say, what's, what's wrong with you? Why are you sounding like that? You, you don't sound like that. You don't, you don't sound Filipino at all, you know? And then I realized like, yeah, actually I could make them, I, I will mix them. I could speak uh, uh, Canadian, Canadian wise and then put some spice in it, my Filipino accent, you know? So there's some words that I really put extra extra spice on it. And I'm proud of it. Yeah, and that's what makes you, you know, like, and and it's amazing. Like, uh, I'm surprised you went three months if you already spoke English. I wouldn't not give a shit. So that's <laughs> kudos to you, man. <laughs> no, it's just I didn't. I just wanted to learn how to, I want to assimilate, to be honest. That's you know? fine. That's Especially if you're in a new country, like you, you try to fit in, it's totally fine. Exactly. And also the confidence, you know, like I could speak yeah. English, but I didn't I wasn't really that confident, you know. But I, I was good. I was I was decent. I always remember when I was new here, people used to go to me and they say, Were you born here? And I'll be like, No, dude, I moved here like a month ago. And then they'll say, Why do you speak like we speak? And you don't speak like them. And I'll be like, no, we sp- I speak like them, but no, 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 you speak different. You're different. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's just crazy. If you had a cent for every time you, <laughs> you mm-hmm. got told. You that. know what I mean? Let's get back to basketball. Okay. <laughs> I love basketball. All right. Your first five, all time. Oh, man, you can do that to me. Yeah, man. Of course. That's one thing. I, was, I got excited when I started doing the research about you. I'm like, oh, he played basketball. I'm... I, I, we're gonna go deep. Oh, I mean, you want me to go first? Uh, let, yes, yes, please. All right, I'll go first. Shaq, obviously. Bird, okay. Magic, Kobe, and then Jordan. Okay, solid. Mm. Okay, I think mine would be very similar to yours, except like for me, like. I try to make a list of people I, w- I actually watch play. Mm. Um, so I I would I don't I don't have bird and magic in mind because I didn't grow up in that era. Mm. Like I and I barely grew up in Michael Jordan's era. I went back and watched Michael Jordan's games because I was so obsessed with him. Mm. Um, that's but like he was already retired. Like he's first, he already retired once. Like when I was born. Um, so. But he's he's the goal, so he has to be in that list. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaq and Kobe, hundred like not even not even a debate. Um, then LeBron James, obviously, uh, and and I'm a LeBron James hater, so that's that <laughs> says a lot about me. Uh, and then uh, Tim Duncan, hands oh, Timmy, twenty one, baby. Yeah, man, that's solid I like lineup. It. I like it. Five rings, like they don't put respect on my name just because he's quiet, man. Yeah, they don't put the respect on that man. Exactly. Do you talk shit when you play? Me? Not verbally. I hate. I, I don't really like talking shit. I, but I'm very competitive. So, mm-hmm. like, I will probably, like, try to do the most sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Playing basketball. Like, I'll try to push a little extra or, you know, um, trying to get more, like, competitive. Yeah. But talking shit is not... It takes energy that you can use breathing. So, <laughs> but some people you they use it as their energy source. Oh, especially in New York, they love that. Shit. Oh, That's definitely. Most people play basketball just for that. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I don't really talk shit, but if somebody talks shit to me, that's when I go. Uh I, I still. I don't know if I'll do it. Uh, I think last time somebody talked shit to me playing basketball. Hmm. I think I I was just I got more physical, which is probably wrong. Because like I would just get trying to get him mad, uh-huh. but verbally now nah, because I I'm so concentrated like breathing and make sure I win that I don't have time to like talk shit back. Look at this, so professional. I'm busy breathing. Leave me alone, man. It's it. Oh, I I even like for example now I will definitely not talk shit because I haven't I haven't touched the basketball in two years. Two years. Okay. Wow. Yeah, man, I was I, gonna ask you that actually. Yeah, because. 
I um so my my old job we used to have a basketball night and mm-hmm. we play basketball with my my coworkers and I used to have so much fun until uh funny enough that was like my last week working there but I was like I want to go play basketball because you know it's, it's going to be my last time playing with these dudes like I go for a jump I land on the guy's feet twist my ankle oh my god my ankle became like the size of a basketball like and obviously like I, I and then that was the same time I, I then literally like two months later I shot my back it just everything went downfall after that so uh-huh. I just I want to go back I want to go back but like I I don't I would never play football basketball like probably like almost I don't just say like most likely not going to be for a while at least nah, I, nah. I don't believe like you I want to be a half court force for sure I don't believe you I know because uh, you're a hooper You start getting there. You start feeling good. You start hearing that swish. That's it. You're gone. Yeah, I'm. That's why I haven't played also that long. So I'm still not there. You know, like uh, I have so many like over the this past couple of years, I have a lot of physical problem. Like you know, mm-hmm. my my ankle and then my back, especially. Like I had to do uh, physical therapy. I still I still had to do a lot of you know. I get days, especially when it's like somehow when it's cold, my back is shot. Like I can barely move it. <laughs> And that's a problem. Like I'm always scared that when I play basketball, that will happen to me. Mm. So I, I've been taking it easy, but I I definitely want to get back out there for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. I definitely want to. I miss it for sure, but I think I'm okay for now. Yeah, I love it. I still I still play. I mean, I don't play competitively anymore because you know I'm I'm not going to the NBA. Why? Yeah. You know? So yeah. I just. I do have a house league, and we, yeah, it's decent. We we get good runs, and I just love it. I would love to do that. I think, um, hopefully, in the next couple of years, um, I, it's something I haven't really done in New York, just because like the people I used to play basketball with, like they they still probably think they want to make the NBA. They play like these crazy legs, where like I don't know, like they have like. A coach for some reason, even though like I don't know, like it, it gets too much, and I don't like that. I don't like because uh, you know I left, I left the organized basketball. Like I just want to go play with my friends. I play a pickup. I don't want to play with strangers like that. Or if if it's a league, I want to play with like people that are probably my same physical condition. So and and they like that gets too much. Uh, um, I'm hoping to find. Someone like that, like even to play soccer, I haven't been able to find anyone to play a pickup soccer game. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's not hard. I mean, you're in New York. I'm sure there's like leagues. Yeah, but but also require time. Uh, that's something I, I usually don't have. You don't have time, yeah, for sure. So since we're talking about this, how did you take it when you realized you won't be able to get to the next level of your basketball career? I mean, I was I was very sad. Like again, like I said, but it took me. I gave myself a day to be really sad and yeah. be depressed and all that. But at, at the time, I didn't really have time to be sad. Like, because I wanted to stay in the US, I need to keep my visa, my scholarships. Um, so, yeah, I didn't have the time to do all that. So, uh, I guess it never really hit me that hard. And I think I, really, I was already starting in realizing, like, you know, between conversation with friends, my family, like, Every time we were talking about what's next, like I feel like whenever I see a plan, like the basketball plan was like fading more, because you know the lifespan of a basketball player, as you know, like it's very short already. Mm-hmm. Like if you're if you're in good health, like maybe you're getting your early thirties, but most likely like you'll be done by then already. Mm-hmm. And then the what's next, like it was very scary to me. It's like you know because I I hate coaching. I will never done coaching. Mm-hmm. That, like I wouldn't have done anything that basketball related, like you know, physical trainer, anything like that. So uh, I wanted to. F- I, I that's when I started. That's why I also went to college because I wanted to figure out what I wanted to do in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that it wasn't connected to basketball. So once I'm, once I was done with basketball, like I did, I did not want to be around it for a while. So really? It's also like, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it's just one of these things, like. Because like in high school I used to put so much pressure on myself, like I wouldn't 
a lot of times I wouldn't, I wouldn't smoke, I wouldn't drink. I, I wouldn't, I would limit myself a lot. Like I, that I was taking it as like a lot of times, like I should have been happy to go to practice, make my game better. And for me, it was like a, going to a job. That's when I realized also that um, maybe the basketball shouldn't be my future because it, if it was affecting my, my, my mental health like that, like it should never get to that point, I think. Mm. So I think, I think um, I, it was probably like, I, I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason. I just say like that. So I think he had to go this way. Um, and I, I don't want to live a life of regret. So I'm okay with it. I'm at peace. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I was just pretty much the same when uh, I kind of reached that level that I knew I could uh, reach. I was like, I was okay with this. I'm I'm fine with this. All I ha- all I want is this anyway. That's it. But I exactly. I see. I like when you're saying earlier that you're like, oh, you, I still pl-. some guys that I used to play with. They still have trainers and whatnot. I'm like, I I sometimes I play with older guys, old guys, and they'll be like. You know, like playing hard. I'm like, yo, we're not making the NBA soon. Yeah, we're we're not getting paid for this. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. Relax a little bit. You know, yeah. Let's be competitive, obviously, but we're not yeah, making the but, NBA. But yeah, there's no reason to like get into fights and all that. Exactly. I know. Like, yeah, for me, I really right now, like, I'm I want to investing my time in things that, um. I'm a little bit more passionate. Like that's not the thing with basketball. Like I never allow myself to find other passions. And I think that was also wrong. Mm. And now, like, you know, I ever since I've been in New York, like I finding so many other passions, you know, like the, the this this overseas dream. Um, you know, like uh little things like t- I love TV shows, I love watching shows, I love anime, I love uh, I love working at the stock market. I love I love like learning about companies, how they get acquired, like things like that that mm. I never allow myself to put time or effort into it when I was just doing basketball. So I think I think everything, you know, everything in my sense like worked out because I will never have the opportunity to discover this thing if I still had that mentality of you know five, six years ago. Yeah, most definitely. I read that you work for the MSG company. How was that experience? Uh, that was that was a great experience. I mean, I was I was just an intern, an associate actually, um, and I worked there for like a little less than a year. Um, it was like a dream come true, you know, because at Mrs. Square Garden, it's like it's like it's like the you know the, the mecca. It's for basketball especially. Like my first time watching a game that was like crazy. I I was like I was in shock, and then being able to work there, work games and um seeing how many things go on in that arena you know because i i now i've been there like for basketball games i've been there for hockey games i've been there for st john's place there as well mm. um and even for concerts uh i think concerts is just like i think you must do i feel like if you live in new york and you want to see msg i think it's an experience it's a must do very expensive experience on the <laughs> experience but worth it that's sure. awesome. Did you have the chance to interact with the players? No, no. It's you. They have a lot of strict rules, um, and you know, especially when you work, you want to be professional. So yourself, you should never. You, you see a lot of famous people, but but by far, like, and I think that's you know, like that's one of the things about like working in this behind the scene. Like, you, you don't bother these people. These people don't want to be bothered. You don't want to bother them, and, mm. and I think that's fair because it feels the other way around. It should you'll feel the same way. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Like, I love comedy and sometimes I go to shows and you know, they have those like meet and greet. I'm like, I don't want to bother them. I feel like that. I feel that. Um, like, for co- when I go to small concerts too and they have meet and greet with the artists, like, like I hate standing in that line and talk to somebody that probably doesn't even want to talk to me. It yeah. feels like a very intimate, just like, I don't, I don't know. I never understood. But, uh, you know, it's part of the business, I guess. Yeah. I remember I used to work for this company that deals with artists. So we can get free tickets for shows, right? Like concerts. Nice. And sometimes like a VIP, I could go in the back and say hi and whatnot, right? But I never like it. Because what 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 are you going to say? Good job playing the guitar? Yeah. Or like, hey, like, great job. Yeah. Like, 
I, I feel that. Um, I had a similar experience when I went to um, a Netflix premiere for a show mm-hmm. and all the act- actors and actresses were there, like we're literally standing next to them. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, like everybody has this need to take a picture with them, take a selfie. And like, I was just like, I feel weird because it's just like, man, like the people get bothered all the time. Like, I, I don't know. Like for me, like for me to take a picture with these people, it will have to be in a scenario where we're like, we're like, you know, maybe we're at an event together, like things that it, it, it wasn't that there was one of those settings and I don't know, I wouldn't bother it. So, um, you know, especially because I'm a pride person, I hate when people bother me. So I, <laughs> I, I, I feel them. So, yeah, I mean, let, let them do their job and then you do your job kind of thing. Yeah. So you accomplish a lot of things. What accomplishment are you most proud of? Uh, surviving this far in New York. For uh, you know, when we mentioned like when I came here, I didn't speak any English. Um, you know, I had so many times I was just like, let's just leave. Like, what, what are we staying here? But I, I, I'm really proud of myself of like you know staying there, getting through college, getting a job. You know, like mm-hmm. become independent. Um, that was probably my biggest accomplishment. Um, and because of, because I know the sacrifices that I made, that my family, my family made, um, you know, and it wasn't all for nothing. So, uh, I think, and, and I don't feel accomplished a hundred percent because I, I do think that there's still a lot I want to do and there's a lot I want to accomplish. And I'm not just talking about like the obviously dream, I'm talk- but also like on a personal level, there's things that I want to accomplish that I feel I haven't got, got there. Um, so. Uh, I I I don't like to talk about my accomplishments as much, just because like I'm so fo- tunnel focused on the things I still want to accomplish. Of course, of course. So if Italy offered the same opportunities that America does, would you have travel still or move? Oh, <laughs> hell no! Like it's it's funny you ask that question because me and my partner were talking about like oh, I would love to live in Italy for a year because she's like she was. Born and raised in New York, you know, she's New Yorker, but like her life. So she wouldn't mind experience having that experience. Um, but it just would be too different for me. Like I would just not be like I remember this summer, to give you an example, like we went to Venice. Uh I we went to a wedding and then we went to Venice. Um it was the first time for me as well. Mm. And like because everything is on the water. Like, yet they have a water bus. It's like the water bus from one stop to another. Mm-hmm. But, like, going from a New York bus that, like, swings to traffic, like, cuts red light, to a boat that goes six miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, if I had to do this every day, like, I'd probably jump, like, jump out of this boat. And, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, like, it just, to give you an example, it's just like, it's so different. And like without even going into the like you know, you know how do people perceive certain things? It's just like the, the pace is just so different. I am looking to move, but it will have to be. It will be within the U.S. It will be like to go back to Italy for sure. Like I think that ship has sailed um, for now. Maybe like you know, never say never. But I don't think I don't think I will be back in Italy anytime soon. Mm. I guess I'm not going to expect you in Canada because it's cold in here. I thought about it. You know, like, we thought about, like, Toronto. Um, it's just too cold, man. <laughs> Canada gets too cold. I can't, no, I can't do cold. New York cold. This is too cold for me now. And we only we only just got to, like, uh, 25 degrees. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, like, summer in Toronto, like, for some place. That's Fahrenheit, right? Fahrenheit, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it, it gets cold here. Toronto is... Toronto, yeah, it gets cold, but not that cold compared to Montreal. Montreal really gets yeah. cold. Like I've been, I've been to Montreal. Yeah, I, I've have? been in. But my brother as well. Um, he's been there in the, in the summer. I've been there in March, end of March, April. <laughs> it was really cold. I never experienced. <laughs> that's that's all. Like that's all. Like I knew that Canada wasn't for me. Like you know, like <laughs> I and, and I've been everywhere. I. I you know, I every time I go somewhere, I want to make sure that I go to the places where, like, not just the touristy spot, but where the locals go. Mm. Um, and like, just walking around, no one walks around. 
you guys live in those malls, like those tunnels. And mm-hmm. like, I remember it was so cold that like, I would just run to the next building. <laughs> like, it was just, it was just not for me. Like, you know, and, it, and I had nothing bad to say on Montreal. Like even like when I went to your guys version, literally, literally like, like Petit Patrie, like I loved it. It was so nice, you know, very homey, but uh, like feeling, but it's not for me for sure. Like I yeah. can't deal with the cold. Don't come in March. Why would you come in March? I was on spring break from college and I, I just didn't want to like, you know, just um, sit around and my, co- and my cousin, like, you know, she also immigrated from Italy, but to Montreal, she was already there for like five, six years. Mm-hmm. So I went to visit her. Um, And like, so I stayed because I was staying for free at her apartment and also because like I took a bus from New York to Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I wanted to do, I was like, fuck it. Like how cold can I, I didn't expect to be that cold. <laughs> I would probably came more prepared. I wasn't prepared for that. Cold. Okay. So you, you underestimated it. Uh, yes. A hundred percent. It gets cold. I mean, now it's starting now. I mean, like, you know, those videos on internet. People like boiling water, they throw in the air and it goes yeah. down. It becomes snow. That's how cold it is. Yeah. I remember Akazi used to send us videos of like, she like she like buys fruit at the market, but usually like it will go in the fridge, but she has to keep it on her table because mm-hmm. like in the fridge will froze. Mm-hmm. Or like uh, little things like they would instead, you said like things that you put on the counter you put in the fridge because then it would frozen the table. Like little things are there, like because it gets so cold in Canada. Okay. I don't know about that. I don't know where she's living. We have heaters in the house. No, no, not the heaters, but I, I know like, like the little things outside, like they were froze. Like when, when you uh, go outside. Yeah, yeah, outside. Yeah. There's a one actually mistake we had when we moved here because my mom bought like, uh, like sodas, like Coke and whatnot. And we I was like, we were like, It's cold outside. Let's put it outside, you know? So we put it outside. All of them yeah. pop. Yeah. I can, I can imagine. Yeah, exactly. So what is the next big thing you want to accomplish? Uh, I guess, like, if I had to put it into, like, reading goals, I have, right now, like, moving out of New York, it's my biggest thing right now. Uh, I... I I think I've reached a point where, you know, um, I had, I experienced what I wanted to experience in New York and I want to try it live somewhere else in the mm-hmm. U S. Um, and then the second one, obviously it's, um, I want to make the overseas dream, the place where, you know, not just where, where people can see content that is tailored for them, mm-hmm. but, but it's just a place where people can go and they can just feel like they're being listed to it. People, people under they've been understood you know because uh the, me- the message we're trying to get across in our page is it's not just it's not just like you know you're choosing the dream somewhere else mm-hmm. it's that it's that the uh, american dream that you know you a lot of people a lot of us that live with can happen anywhere you know like it doesn't have to it's not just one place it's everywhere you know like it's what you make of it And, and that's what we try. And that's what I want to accomplish. And I feel like when people realize that, when people see that, I, I will. F- I feel like I will feel accomplished as well. Oh, yeah. You told me you want to hit, uh, what, a thousand followers? Yeah, I. Uh, we're really close, but I feel like I'm not close enough. Um, but yes. <laughs> you put so much pressure on yourself. Look at you. I have to, man. I can't, I can't stay comfortable. I, I like. I feel like when I'm comfortable, I get lazy, and when I get lazy, I stop doing things. So mm-hmm. I have to put a little pressure on me. Yeah, of course. I mean, I put pressure on myself too. But you know what? I like chilling. Yeah, I mean, again, like it's the end of the world if I don't get to a thousand. Uh, no, but I think it would be nice, especially because it would like it would just show us that like we're on the right track. Yeah, um, on the right track. You guys are doing the great things. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, appreciate that. I mean, I love the ha- the spotlights. I love the memes. I think you guys are doing okay. I, to be honest, like I said, one of my favorite 
Instagram account to follow because you're so diverse. It's not just like one thing that like a question of like, hey, do you as an immigrant, do you like this or that? Like, no, you actually have like, like the recent post that you guys did is like a, a statistic. Yeah, we ch- we try to be like we try to change the. We also still experimenting. This is the time like to try different posts to see what people like, what people mm-hmm. dislike. Um, but like as you say, like the spotlight, that's my favorite thing. I I and it's a funny story because that was when we first started the page, my brother. I told him like I didn't want to do a spotlight. I was like because for me like uh, because we only had a hundred followers at the time. We were very new. I was like. I feel like I was feeling like we were doing these people a disservice, like sh- talking about their experience with such a small amount of followers because I feel mm-hmm. like their story, it's so precious, it's so important, it's so unique that a lot of people should see it. So many followers should be it. Like, and so I wanted to take my time before I would ha- take this responsibility of doing a spotlight and, and talking about these people. But we started it because uh, our first, our first, um, person that we spotlight anthony he came up to us was like i want you i want you guys to to talk about my experience in your page and and vice versa i was like really like us why us he's like i feel like any and we just clicked about experience we have so many things in common that he really liked that um so he was our first spotlight post and then many other people like contact us afterwards and they just validated that we were we had something special in our hands and we wanted to continue doing it. And ever since then, like we met, like, you know, besides your story, we have so many amazing stories. Like, you know, these two friends that come from two different countries, met, started a podcast together. Now they live separate, but they still do it together. Mm-hmm. Like we had a therapist that like helps immigrant us help with their mental health in their different countries. We have, we have friends that like, also came from different countries and two best friends that also started a podcast. Like we had a, a, like a, a career coach, like this past, this previous week, like she currently lives in Abu Dubai. Like it, the, the stories have been endless and we have right. so many new ones that we can't wait to share with our followers and, and soon to be followers, hopefully. Um, that it, it's just, it's been such an honor to just tell these stories and, and I think, and also my brother as well, like he has done such a great job, um, like getting these questions and, and just like, and just like understand them, um, their point of view. Because again, like you said, like, it's not just about like this, this, and this. We're trying to understand their background, where they come from, what they're passionate about, and use that as the spotlight. Uh, because we don't want to just a cut and dry questions. I think that wouldn't be fair to them and it wouldn't be fair to this whole experience because like this go back to what we first talked about at the beginning. You can't put things in one box. It's There's so many boxes and there's so many things to check. Mm-hmm, exactly. Have you ever said no to someone? Um, no, no, of course, never. Uh, I feel like I sh- some, sometimes like we... We had a few people that like um, we wanted to say no, and they dropped out, and then so maybe like they just didn't work out. But uh, but I will never say no. Like no matter what, like you know, if they say yes, that that's a privilege that we have that we can tell their stories, and we could never turn it down, a hundred percent. But then I, for me, like we definitely want genuine people. Like we we get people. It's like. We sometimes we got a few people where we're like, oh, but you have to post it on this day and do this. Like, that's not what we're here for. Like, we're not an agency, you know, like we don't <laughs> we don't have we don't have a country with Coca-Cola that we had to sponsor on, on national uh, national solo day. Like mm-hmm. we we're just two we're just two brothers. We want to tell our stories and and we want people to generally understand our missions and our goal. And you know, sometimes like people get hung up on on like different things and and you know if if you're not okay with it then it's okay maybe this is not a page for you uh that's also to want to be understand like we the people we have so far all have been people that generally follow us like our content and believe in in that experience that we kind of quote unquote preach Mm. and that's what's important to us like 
we've been like, I wish I, I wrote a list down of all the people who have been on, on our spotlight so far because each one of the stories have meant so much to me and made me like so thankful. And I'm just so excited about the next ones as well. Like we, we have people reaching out of the M saying like, we love you guys. Like, thank you for sharing this story. It's just like, it means so much. And like, I, f- I feel like it's something that famous people say, like people like it, so that's like, it's like, why are you saying these things? Like, I couldn't believe it will happen to us, you know, like, mm-hmm. because we're so small, we're just starting out and it, it, it just makes me feel so blessed. Like, and, and so like thankful about our experience and, and the followers that we have so far. Yeah, I agree. You, like with my, with the podcast, sometimes people reaches out and say things and I'm like, really? Okay. Yeah. Like. You know, like, oh, you're such an inspiration or, you know, you're doing a great job. I'm like, I'm just talking shit, bro. We, we're just, yeah, we're just living our life, man. And we, we just, we're just so lucky because we know a lot of people that haven't had the opportunity to be where we are. And so we, we, we had to stay humble because you can still go get there. Like you can still end up like that. So you have to stay focused and you have to stay true to your, to your roots. I think that's mm. the most important part. Definitely, definitely. I think we're there, but I want to ask you one more question. Is that okay? Of course. So what's in store for Emanuele in the near future? Uh, that's the million-dollar questions. Uh, I think what's in store for, for Emanuele, it's a change of scenery for, for starting. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think I would love to... I would love to move to LA, hopefully by the end of of next year. So mm-hmm. putting it out there, hopefully by by twenty next year, I'm gonna listen to this episode and I'm gonna be like, I did it. I'm in LA. Um, I I think I think it's it, that's the biggest thing for me now. Just the career, and you know my all the little things. I think what's the biggest in store for me? It's like it's like going there. I I, I think. I want to experience the West Coast. I want to see how life is there. And mm. in LA, it, it, it was in my list. It was one of those things where like, okay, like New York, then LA. And I made that list in college. And mm. now like, I'm, I graduated in college. Like, if you don't count grad school, I graduated from college uh, almost five years ago. So I, I, think, I think it's time to finally cross that out of my list. Awesome. Do you have any last remarks? Uh, just to thank you, man. Uh, thank you mm. for pushing me to come here. Uh, I know I know, I give you a lot of uh, delays, uh, but I'm glad I could finally do this. Uh, this has been awesome. And, uh, you know, for everyone that is listening, um, you know, definitely definitely step yourself out of your comfort zone. Uh, either, whether it's with me, with Aaron, with anyone else, uh, just do it, man. You only live once. That's the, that's the biggest, that's my final remark. Awesome. Emanuele, thank you for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. My man. Take care, man. Hey, you too. Again, Manny, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for listening. This is Aaron Deliosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later.